Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. We're so glad you're back with us again this week. So this week, we are in a dating and relationship series for the month of February. So today's episode is not for all women. It is specifically for those women who are single slash dating. So if you're just starting to date someone, maybe you're dating around a little bit, this is definitely for you. We felt like it was really important to talk about some key aspects of dating and how to do it in a godly way and how to set you know healthy boundaries so that you can find a good man and stop getting hurt so much because dating mm-hmm. can hurt, right, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a a married woman now, been married almost two years. You know, I look back on my dating years and I can definitely see like ways that I was just hurt, you know, and how it, it was not always super fun. And so I would love to help you avoid some of those trial and errors that I went through. And then I know Jordan has a lot of feedback here as well, because she is currently single and dating. And then we also have something really cool to share with you. We reached out to several Christian men and asked some of these men are single. Some of them are dating. Some of them are married, but regardless of their relationship status, we asked them what they truly valued and really looked for in a Christian wife. And we got some very interesting and valuable answers from them. So we're super excited to share those with y'all here in a little bit. Yeah. So I always joke about writing a book about my dating life because I have some stories that I'm not proud of and just some that I obviously have, you know, been life lessons for me, but it's definitely brought me here. It brought me into the person I am today. And so God has really, truly restored me through these seasons of, you know, dating and I've done the recreational dating. I've done the the dating season where I've been really closed off and was very in particular on like who I decided to go on a date with. And so I've really been on both sides and I definitely have learned a lot through that. And I will, I will agree with you, Sydney. I feel like dating has been more painful than it has been fun. Um, And I think that is because of the world that we live in and the way that somehow, I think even with technology, the way that we've started to date, it has been really a, a kind of like a trying time whenever you're in a dating season, like no one really gets excited to date anymore. It's like, oh no, here we go. Like I'm having to date now. And it's kind of like this damper, you know? And so it just was really on my heart. And I'm like, why is dating not fun? Like, why is dating not healthy? You know, how can we make this more healthy for women who are single, who are really trying to be intentional with finding a husband? Because dating can be fun. I think surrounding yourself with men who are Christian men who are looking to find a wife. Like, I think those dates can be fun, even if they're not the one for you, like they can still be healthy and not toxic and just being able to give you insight on what you're looking for. Cause I've definitely had my fair share of terrible dates that have left me calling my best friend, just bawling and just feeling so terrible about myself, feeling like I wasn't enough or just so many different scenarios that have left me just broken. And that really caused me to start going more deeper into not dating the right men. Sadly, it kind of 
dating really did take away a lot of my self-worth and it took me a lot to come back. But like I said, the Lord has really restored me and has given me just a new view of what dating can be like for me. And I'm excited to be sharing that with you guys and sharing what that can look like for you. Yeah. So personally, I went through a lot of heartache, um, mainly as a teenager and just like my very early twenties and dating, because honestly I had zero standards and I would just date anyone who would have me, you know, Mm -hmm. I really, you know, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but I really struggled with knowing who I was when I was younger. Um, and so because I didn't know who I was, I didn't have standards. I didn't have boundaries. And so I kind of would just, like I said, take whoever would have me. And because of that, I had my heart broken so many times y'all. I mean, Oh, I can still remember that feeling. Um, you know, which ended up in the long run, only making me feel like there was something wrong with me because they didn't want me, you know, if that guy didn't want me or broke my heart or whatever, when really I wasn't dating the right type of guys to begin with. If I had waited to date the right kind of, you know, guys in high school and men, we know, you know, when I was in my early twenties, then I could have avoided all that heartache and just spent that time working on myself, mm-hmm. learning who Sydney was, you know, mm-hmm. and growing closer to God. And I wish, you know, I, I hate to ever say that I would change anything, but it, it would be cool to be able to look back and be like, yeah, like I spent my teens and my very early twenties, like just being a happy young person, you know, but instead I spent it like always kind of looking for the the next guy. And I'm not going to say that that was, yeah, I'm not going to say that that was like all I focused on. Um, when I was younger, I mean, I had to have some time to focus on partying, you know, because yeah. that was my other main focus, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, you know, because of just that toxic cycle of not feeling like I was enough, getting my heart broken, it led me into trying to find someone else who ended up being someone else toxic and therefore gave me less time to focus on myself and figuring out who I was in the yeah. Lord and what I actually needed and standards and boundaries and things like that. So it was just this cycle. And honestly, it wasn't until I finally, you know, got out of a a long-term relationship when I was, I don't know, maybe 22 that I finally just like, that's actually when I got saved, I got baptized and, you know, really gave my life to the Lord. And that was finally the time when I was like, you know what, I'm going to focus on being God. And like, that's when, when I really started digging into the Bible you know, and just into my relationship with God, that's when I started to have those standards and truly feel like I wanted a godly husband. And so, you know, that's when I finally stopped dating men that just were not realistic future husbands. And because of that, I was single for several years. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked about this in the last episode, you know, I'm so glad that I was because now I look back and like, had I not had that time of singleness by myself to just focus on me and my relationship with the Lord and becoming the person that I was looking for, was looking for, had I not had that time to do that, I don't know that I ever would have met my husband. Yeah. Well, I also said this too. I think whenever our our real purpose for this episode is so that you guys know that dating can be fun and it can be done in the right way. And that it doesn't have to be this terrible season for you where you're having traumatic experience after traumatic experience. And I just want you to know, you might have been dating men who say they're Christian and still have had these heartaches. And so sometimes it's not just finding godly men, but it's also knowing who you are in Christ. And this just like really laid on my heart when Sydney was talking, when you are dating, you have to know that there might be a rejection on the other end and rejection does not have anything to do with you. It's, and you might be the one rejecting, you know, in in the, whenever you are going on these dates, you have to know who you are in Christ 
so that you are fully aligned with what God has for you. And so when you're going into this dating season, every guy that you go on a date with or that you might be going on a date with in the future, like don't put so much of your worth and value into what these men say or think or do. Like our whole point into this is obviously to find Christian men that you are going to align with because it will make it less painful. But we also want to make sure that you are 100% connected into who God has called you to be and having your value come from the Lord at the end of the day. Yeah. So I actually had a, a similar situation. I went on several dates with this guy, actually pretty, pretty close to right before I met my husband. And, you know, he was a great guy, Christian guy, you know, had a good head on his shoulders, you know, successful, all the things, you know, he would have appeared to have checked all the boxes. However, hung out several different times, went on all these dates and it was just like a one-way street type thing. Like I was having to be the one to contact, you know, and then I wouldn't hear from him and things like that. And so I guess like I say all this to say, number one, like just because a guy's a Christian doesn't mean that it's it's supposed to work out or he's yes. the one that you're supposed to marry. Yes. You know, like we're all human and we all are attracted to different things and want different things. And, you know, so when that ended up, you know, finally like not working out with that guy, I literally remember I was driving in my car and we had like talked on the phone. It ended very well. You know, we were like, you know, I wish you the best. I wish you the best. Like it, it was great. I really, you know, of course I was a little bit sad, But I remember telling myself, you know what, I'm going to look at this as one step in the right direction, because now, like, I know that those those men do exist with those godly characteristics and have a good head on their shoulders and those types of things. And so I remember telling myself, like, I'm going to look at this as a step in the right direction. This dating him just gave me a good experience so that now I have more experience for when I meet my future husband. I kid you not. I literally met John like a month later. And from the time that we met, like our very first date, it was just a a go, you know, and And then we were married nine months later. So, (laughs) yeah. And I think that literally just to reaffirm this, that men are still human, whether they're godly Christian, have the perfect head on their shoulders, successful, read their Bible every day. Like, I think sometimes we create these lists in our head and it's like Christian check you know, kind check, like all the things. And I think going into this dating season, just know, like, like I said, your value and your worth do not come from how these dating experiences turn out. We want to give you those tips so that you can put yourself in better environments and better scenarios, because I can tell you if I would have had this podcast episode, whenever I was dating a few years ago, I would have saved myself a lot of tears, a lot of heartache, um, which is why we felt it was so, so needed And we're so passionate about this topic. Just know like your value is in Christ. And no matter what scenario you go through with men that you're dating, just know like at the end of the day, who you are, your qualities are not affected or changed by someone else's opinion. Truly. Yeah. Let's go ahead and um, hop into our soul scripture. That way we can see what the Bible says about dating. And you know, it's funny. um, The Bible doesn't ever use the specific word dating because that's not really how they did things back then. Mm -hmm. Um, Things were a little different. There was no Tinder back (laughs) in the Bible days, but what we can do is we can still take principles from the Bible and apply them to our dating season. So, and I just want to add in really quick, dating is with the intention of marriage. Like God created marriage and it it is with the intention of it being good and it's a blessing. And so I do feel like, I feel like you need to put a ring on it, mister. (laughs) 
<laughs> I do feel like people are dating for years and years and years and are scared of marriage. Going into our seasons of dating, I think if we can be equally yoked, which we'll go into with men who are just as excited for marriage as we are, I think the the relationship can really truly get started off on the right foot with both having that as the forefront of our wants and our intention behind why we're dating. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first soul scripture for today is second Timothy two 22. And it says, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Okay. Okay. And so what I personally love to do when I read scripture is just like, I'll read it and then I'll go back and I'll kind of break it down Mm -hmm. into, you know, pieces and then apply it to my life. So when it says flee youthful passions, and it's not necessarily talking about youth as in a child, but it's talking more about immature wants and, um, Mm -hmm. desires, you know, it's talking about being an immature Christian before I was developed in Christ. I had quote, youthful passions and desires that are, that are full of lust. Um, because lust is not something of the Lord. And as we grow and mature in the Lord, we're supposed to flee those things. And so that's what they're referring to as youthful. So I think we just, you know, when dating, we need to keep in mind that the Bible does say to flee youthful passions and those lustful feelings are not what lasts anyway. You know, Hollywood loves to do up romance and sex and love and all this. And let me just tell you, like, that is not, I'm not going to say that that's not real and that that never happens, but like, for the most part, marriage is just a real, like you're choosing to love each other every single day. And, you know, if you marry someone based off of, off of lust or date someone based off of lust, like you have to know that lust is a feeling that comes and goes, but love is something that you choose every single day. And so honestly, I believe that that's why a lot of divorces happen. I'm not saying every divorce, Um, And I'm not bashing anyone who has been divorced. But what I'm saying is I do believe that a lot of divorces do happen because people come together through that romantic, lustful feeling. You know, they're so focused on and infatuated by that lust and that attractiveness to that person that they're blinded in a sense to the fact that they don't actually have much in common with that person. You know, they haven't actually taken time to really truly get to know if they're even compatible with that person. They were so blinded by that attraction, that youthful passion that um, they weren't focused on what truly mattered. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, the second part of that verse is something that I personally like underlined for myself is it says, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And this is just going into also saying like, if you are pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace with someone who is also calling upon the Lord with a pure heart, that means you both are pursuing the same things. You're going to have that compatibility. It's not going to be the fleeting love, the love that doesn't last. Like, I mean, per God, uh, God's plan for you, but it's just saying it's going to protect you more knowing that you both are pursuing the same thing, meaning both of you guys have the Lord as your foundation. And that leads into our next verse, which is second Corinthians 6, 14. It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. And I'm going to be extremely blunt with this one. I will say it 
time and time again with people who reach out to me and talking about this dating season, like you cannot date an unbeliever. I have done this so many times where I'm like, it's okay. Maybe they'll find the Lord through me, you know, which I hope they do, but that does not mean that we are trying to build families with them, build a life with them. Because really at the end of the day, the person you choose to marry and you be with, like you need them to be a partner who is so committed to Christ because they're going to need Christ. (laughs) Like they're going to need the Lord in a lot of scenarios, just going through life together. And it's really hard to have that unequally yoked relationship. And it Mm -hmm. even says in scripture that, you know, to create those partnerships, like we need to both have Christ as the foundation so that you can be stronger together. Yeah. Yeah. And like Jordan said, I think a lot of women get caught up in thinking, well, maybe I can change him. Maybe he'll meet God through me, you know, And while that might be true, what ends up happening a lot of times is, you know, you get in that relationship unequally yoked and, you know, with that thought process of, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can save them. Maybe God will save them through me, but then that may not be God's plan. Well, guess what? In the meantime, you've already fallen for this person. And then months down the road, a couple of years down the road, you're, you know, in the relationship, it is going to be extremely hard and extremely painful to leave that relationship if he doesn't end up becoming a believer. I was going to add in this analogy really quickly because it's, it's my counselor actually gave this to me whenever I was, you know, going through a breakup that I, I was just so broken because we had both pursued Christ together. And I was like, this was my first godly relationship. And she gave me this perfect analogy where sometimes whenever you come together and you're trying to have someone be at the same level you are in your relationship with Christ. So I was going into this relationship, kind of pulling someone to have a relationship with Christ rather than them already having that on their own. So she explained this to me as imagine running a race and you guys have the same finish line, which is obviously pursuing Christ. But if I'm constantly trying to get this person to pursue it in the way that I am, because I need them to, For us to have this relationship, that means I am turning around and grabbing someone's hand behind me to pull them with me. That potentially stops me. That slows me down. And so I'm not saying we shouldn't lead each other in Christ, but at the end of the day, like the man that you're pursuing should be running his own race, whether you're running it with you or running it yourself or not. Like you guys both need to be in your own lanes chasing after Christ. And you guys are, you know, at the same pace that way you guys are running together and you're not having to turn around every time to check in and say like, we really should go to church. We, you know, you really should be reading your word. You should want to be with someone who's already doing that themselves so that you're not slowing yourself down as well. And that doesn't mean that you guys have to be at the same place spiritually. There's cause I mean, even with friendships and relationships, everyone's at different places in their walk with Christ. It's the desire to want to walk with Christ, like that excitement and that love and that passion that they have for the Lord. It doesn't, they don't have to be running faster than you or anything like that. As long as they're dedicated to running towards Christ is really the point of that analogy and making sure that you're not having to force them or drag them with you because you need them to it's they already are wanting to do that on their own, no matter where they're at spiritually. Yeah. So with what you just said, Joe, like it's so funny because I always envision myself like marrying a pastor and like someone who was like knew everything about theology and everything about the Bible and like was just 
like kind of quote, like way ahead of me in my you know spiritual journey. However, that was not God's plan for me. And so I want to say that that is also okay. Like Joe said, you don't have to necessarily be in the exact same spot spiritually, as long as you both are pursuing the Lord. And so with my husband's permission, I wanted to share with y'all, you know, when me and my husband met, he actually was not a Christian. He, it was really big to me that he, he did tell me that he believed that there was a God, but he had just never been introduced to a relationship with Jesus. That's not his fault. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I was still open to dating him, but I put myself in a place where I wanted to see if he would pursue that relationship with Jesus Mm. because we did, you know, obviously have, have talks about that. So I always put myself in a position where, you know, it, it had to be his choice and I wasn't pushing it on him. For instance, like, I think like literally our second date, maybe second or third date, it was like a Saturday night and he went and he dropped me off at home. And as he was leaving inside my spirit, I remember thinking, I should ask him if he wants to come to church with me tomorrow. And then just as quickly, I heard myself like inside my brain, I said, no, wait and see if he asked you, because if I had put that in his, if I had put that idea in his mind and asked him to come with me, then I would have never known that he actually genuinely wanted to go to church and pursue God on his own. So instead I didn't ask him and I just said, good night. He left. And then what do you know? As soon as he got home, he literally texted me and said, Hey, would it be okay if I came to church with you tomorrow? And that that. moment I was like, okay, Lord, I see you. That's so awesome. And then from then on, he just started coming with me to church every single week. And he ended up actually getting saved, like literally a few weeks later at one of our church services. And then he got baptized. And, you know, so I can't say like, yes, my husband is so much more spiritually knowledgeable then. And I learned so much from him every day, but you know what? There's nowhere in the Bible that says that it has to be that way. There's actually scripture in the Bible that says that our faith will, will help to pure your, the wife's faith will help to purify her husband. But at the same time, we still have to take into account that it does say not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So I want to be very clear about, you know, the difference. I feel like God let this, you know, this be my situation for a reason, maybe so I can encourage um, other people. You know, I actually heard a friend say one time something about, you know, well, this guy asked me, um, you know, some, some question about the Bible. And I was just so shocked that he didn't know that. And so I kind of was just turned off by that. And while I understand how you could be kind of turned off by his, his lack of knowing scripture or whatever, also, you know, be graceful and like, let's keep in mind that we are called, you know, to share the Lord with other people. And it doesn't say anywhere in scripture. Like I just said that, like, we have to be the one to teach um, or that they have to be the one to teach us everything. Right. Um, but like Joe said earlier, as long as you see them in a path where they are pursuing the Lord and it it may take you praying for a lot of discernment in this, you know, like this, I will say right now that like, when I met my husband, I just being honest, I was in a place where I was so in tune with the Lord and I was journaling every single thing about, like, I literally can look back for days and see like, all the prayers that I journaled and just like talking to God about every single situation. And I talked to God about all of these things. And so you have to definitely be discerning with it and ask, like invite the Lord into the situation. I know. And I feel like there might be a lot of questions about if you're like in a dating relationship right now and you're like, well, I don't, 
I don't know, is he pursuing the Lord or am I kind of forcing him to pursue the Lord? Like I can see how there might be a lot of questions. Like I will be the first to say like the Lord will give you discernment if you ask, like the Lord will put in your heart if this relationship is where you should be right now. And that's really the moral of the story to this is like, God will align you with who you're supposed to be with, but you guys do just want to make sure that they are at least pursuing Christ where they're at right now in their season of life. Yeah. 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 And that, and I feel like that takes us into our next soul scripture, which is Proverbs 31, 30 charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And while we usually you know, think of this, the scripture in terms of ourself, not to, you know, to be reminded that charm is deceitful and our beauty is, you know, but this can also be applied to men as well. And so just keeping, you know, it's important to keep in mind while you're dating that men know how to charm you. A lot of men may know how to charm you and their beauty slash their handsomeness or hotness or whatever. That's not the most important thing. So be you know, be on the lookout for those red flags. Don't be fooled by a charming man. Ask yourself questions like, does he pursue the Lord? Does he have a relationship with the Lord? Does he bear the fruit of the spirit? The the word says that if you are in the Lord, you will bear the fruit of the spirit. You will bear love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that actually brings me back to like, I specifically remember thinking, you know, when I met my husband, like, he, you know, he, he hasn't technically accepted Jesus as a savior yet, but he does believe in the Lord. And somehow he really already is bearing the fruits of the spirit. Like I could already see the Lord working in his life. So I just want to say, you know, when you ask the Lord for those red flags, you better be willing to accept them when you see them, you know, because if you ask the Lord for something and he gives it to you, you don't know how many times he's going to, keep giving them to, you know, you know, before he just says, okay, well I gave you free will. So yeah. oh, that's so true. And you know, it's crazy. We're going to have a breakup, uh, podcast episode here in a few weeks. Um, but I was just going to say in the season of whenever I was in a relationship, I was asking God to, I'm like, Lord, you know, show me signs that this is it for me. Show me signs that this is going to be my husband someday. And what's really funny is I was journaling at the time being like, I don't really know if this guy is the one for me or not. Lord was showing me all the signs yet. I was still so adamant on making this one person who I thought he needed to be so that he could be my husband, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just know like red flags, doesn't necessarily mean this person is a terrible person. And like, you know, all the things like red flags could also just be like, they're just not the one for you. Like if there's anything, any things that are starting to question, if they're aligned with what you've been looking for, take that and pray over it. And, you know, like Cindy said, be ready to take action if need be based off of what the Lord is giving you and those feelings that he's giving you, because it will only get you closer to what God has for you. Like, I feel like I'm not going to say I wasted time because I think I learned so much in the relationships that I was in, but I do see how God was trying to protect me in certain areas. But I was like, nope, I got this. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to take it into my own hands. And so just if you're in this dating season, if you're putting the Lord at the forefront of your mind and all the decisions you're making, he really will guide your path in making sure that he leads you to a man that is worthy of your time. Yeah. And I just want to share this very quick testimony because it is so applicable to this. I have a good friend who, and I I won't mention any names or specifics, but she was married for several years and it ended in a divorce. And it was a a very, very bad, um, unhealthy situation. And 
she has flat out told me, you know, God gave me red flags and I ignored them while we were dating and, you know, praise God. He has like completely redeemed everything. And she's with an an amazing godly man now, but yeah, you know, I think the Lord, he does give us that free will. And so when he gives us those red flags, we've got to, got to listen or else it can really turn into something bad. And we don't want that. That's not to say that God won't redeem it and fix it down the road because he's always running after us and fixing our mistakes and cleaning up after us. But we also have to, like, he gives us a brain for a reason. Well, that sounded really ugly. I didn't, (laughs) that sounded super passive aggressive. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant like he gives us discernment and wisdom to use it. (laughs) Well, you know, and also like God is our father and like, and when we take that into human form, like when you think about your parents, you know, they guide you, they tell you, what they want for you so that you don't have to experience the pain of the, you know, pain of the world. And so the same thing with God, like he wants us to experience a pain-free life. Now, obviously we're human and we make terrible decisions. And like Cindy said, he is chasing after us, fixing everyone, but he gives us those signs. He gives us those foundations. He's, he gives us the structure so that we can protect ourselves in scenarios like these. And so when we ignore those, unfortunately, we do get hurt. And God's not a, I told you so God, but he's there with open arms to comfort you just as a parent would whenever we mess up. And I think that is something so beautiful about when having a relationship with God is that he does give us free will, but if we can strengthen our relationship with him, he really will protect you from any of the hardships that you might experience with when dating, definitely be praying for these areas of discernment, because I think that will be one of the best tools you can have in this dating season that you might be in. All right. So we have five quick tips for pain-free dating. I know that this episode is like super packed in of a lot of stuff, but we did just want to give y'all like five bullet points, like write these down. If you want to put them in your notes in your phone. Um, and then We will get into the drum roll, our (laughs) questions from our, um, our guys that we, uh, asked the questions to interviewed. Yeah. Can't talk today. Okay. Five quick tips for pain-free dating and quick disclaimer. We cannot promise that dating will ever be pain-free, but we both know personally that following these tips is proven to make it a lot less painful and a lot better. Okay. So Tip number one, ask yourself why you're dating. Are you dating because you need attention or are you truly dating because someone's actually a good fit? Are you dating because you need someone? You need someone to love on you. You need someone to cuddle. Or are you dating because you genuinely think that this could be a a potential husband for you? Know your intentions and know your motives behind why you're dating. And if you feel like they aren't in the right place, ask God to purify your motives. Yep. I had to tell the Lord, like, Lord, if I feel like I'm going to start dating because I need attention, turn my attention towards you. Like if I'm feeling Mm. lonely or unwanted, (laughs) if I'm feeling lonely or unwanted, like remind me to go to you because you are the the ultimate comforter, you know? So I had to really, it sounds kind of weird, but I'm like, Lord, let me date you first. Like, let me, yeah, but like, let me love you first so that when I do start to date, I know that my intentions are not because I need a man or someone else to validate me. That's something that's been. Yes. Yeah. And I just need to share this too. Yeah. Cause someone shared this with me when I was single, they said, you have to be to that point that you, that point that you just said, Joe, 
because when you do get married, there's going to be times that you and your husband get in fights. I don't care how godly you both are. There's going to be times when you both get in, when you get in fights and you're going to feel if you don't have that relationship with God, you're going to feel completely alone. Yeah. If you, if you don't have that, but if you have God, okay, you get to go to God, give him everything. And then, you know, you come back together and he heals it, but I had to share that. Yeah. Next one is know your boundaries and standards and make them clear in the beginning. Um, I've changed this drastically when dating because I feel like before I would put the bare minimum out there because as long as they swiped right, we could start a conversation and go on a date. And it was so destructive and not intentional at all. And something that I've been doing lately just with strengthening my relationship with the Lord is making it more obvious that Christ is a foundation in my life. You know, so for example, when a guy asks me what I'm up to, like if I had just left Bible study or if I'm headed to church or, you know, like obviously do this with honesty, but I'm just, I'm not going to hide that stuff. You know, I'm going to be very open about my relationship with the Lord and make sure that they know that that is important to me. Something else that I've been kind of changing up whenever I'm starting to talk with men for the first time, getting to know them is you know, the, the famous question is, what are you looking for? You know, I feel like everyone asks that whenever you're really getting to know someone for the first time, or if you're doing online dating. And so something I've been changing up is instead of saying like all the qualities that I'm looking for, um, I obviously say things that are important to me, but whenever it starts getting into kind of seeing where they're at in their walk and, you know, with the Lord, instead of saying like, I'm looking for someone who goes to church, I'm looking for someone who reads their word every day. You know, I kind of turn it around and just ask them questions because guys will act like your qualities that you're looking for, you know, just to get to that next step, just to get you on the date. Like they will become and act exactly what you're asking for and, and what you say in that moment. So I've been really making sure that whenever I am talking to a guy for the first time, like I'm just asking questions to get to know them. Mm, so I have been, yeah. So I have been asking those deeper questions and going way deeper ahead of time to ask those things. I do that whenever we first get to know each other. That's so good. That And this actually kind of leads into our next one is I think it's so smart to get a good feel before some like get a good feel before meeting someone in person. And so this is really like if you're online dating now, if you meet someone through the church or through a friend of a friend, like you might already have that good feeling. But if you're online dating, I feel like it was important to make sure you get that good feel before meeting just because um, you want to make sure that you guys can have that good conversation before um, experiencing any awkwardness on that first date. Yep. And number four is go to public places where you can really talk. And this is, you know, I worked in, um, student ministry for a while. And we would always say, have your private time in public. Number one, because there's less temptation to sin and, you know, sin sexually when you're sitting in Starbucks, having a coffee. (laughs) Um, And, you know, number two is like, you can actually get to know each other, you know, instead of just sitting there and watching a movie or something and just being focused on putting your arm around each other, or, you know, maybe actually going to see a movie where you can't actually talk. Like, how can you actually know that you have good things to talk about if you aren't in a place where you can actually have good conversations? Now, I will say this. I feel like a lot of times we avoid this and we'd rather just like go to you know, someone's house or something like that and watch a movie or whatever, you know, because it's like scary and awkward to just like go sit across the table and have dinner with someone that you've like hardly know, or go sit at the coffee shop. And I'll be the first to say, I literally, this is why I didn't like dating because I always felt so awkward, but like go do something fun instead. Like go ax throwing, go mini golfing, 
mini golfing, go like, yeah, go do something that's like active where you're not just like sitting across the table, staring at each other. You know what I mean? And so it's a lot less awkward and there's kind of other people in the room and stuff. So I just, yeah. And I want to say this, (laughs) I feel like this needs to be like a pause moment. I want every woman to hear this. Your first date should not be at his house or your house. I no girl. I can just relate to this so much. Like I, I can't tell you how many first dates I had been on that. I was just like, well, they just like wanted to cook dinner for me. And like, how cute, like, no, 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 no. That's never going to end. Well, very rarely does it end the way that you think it's going to end. And so I just want you to know, like, do not even put yourself in that position. A man, I feel like I could say this. I think a man that's pursuing Christ is not going to invite a woman over to his, his place. The very first date. definitely have discernment with that. And number five, our last tip is we've already talked about this, but be sure, be sure, be sure that you do not ignore the red flags. If any of y'all need some examples for this, remember like them not putting in effort, telling you from the very beginning, they are not looking for anything serious. Oh girl, (laughs) that, I think that line, it literally kills me every time. And I'm like, oh yeah, me neither. That's what I used to say. (laughs) I literally used to say that. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so chill. Who needs serious? Like, absolutely not. You should be looking for serious. We we are not looking to recreational date because that's not, it's not going to lead anywhere that I feel like God is going to intend for you to be. And I think also just to add in, I think as women, sometimes we see potential, we see things that, oh, if they just change this and that, they're going to be perfect. So we wait around to see if they're going to change. And so the last thing that I want to say is like, when you know that there is like quote potential in that person, but there's a few things that they have to change first to be a good fit. Uh -uh, That's not going to work because you can't change someone and you don't have any facts and proof that they are going to change those things, then your heart's going to get in it. And then you're just going to end up getting hurt. It's no, that's a red flag. That's so good. Yep. God is the only, only person who can change. Who Um, can bring out the potential in someone. Exactly. And that needs to happen without you forcing the, forcing the change. (laughs) Yeah. That ain't your job, girl. Yep. Okay. So let's go into our soul assignment. And before we even get into that, we're going to read off some of these answers, what men are looking for in a wife. And like Sid said, some are single, some are married. So yeah, let's dive into some of their answers. Yeah. So the first question that we asked them was, what is the most important quality that you're looking for in a wife, whether you're single or married, whether you're looking for or we're looking for? So some of the answers we got to this were compatible callings, a sense of togetherness and whatever's going on in life, the feeling that you're on the same page and can actively walk through life together, someone who's family oriented. They said that they wanted trust. The biggest question I ask myself if I'm serious about a woman is, can I trust her with my children? And it's not so much as trusting with the natural needs of a child, which are important. I really ask myself, can I trust her to pass on God's truth to things under her care? Mm, That's good. Yeah, that is good. Another one is someone who's genuine and real. If they can just be themselves and allow me to be myself. Yeah. Um, Finding someone who loved me as fiercely as I loved them. I think I honestly, can I just add this side note in? This questionnaire that we did really showed me like men can be emotional. Like they're emotional beings, just like we are, you know, like they want love, like they want to love, they want to love us, you know, like they want to love a woman. I think coming in, like we both have these fears of being rejected and hurt. And so it's just, it's nice to read that there are good men out there looking for 
like these qualities, you know, for sure. I love this one that says the ability to bring out each other's true potential and trust each other to work as a team Mm. to overcome struggles from the past, present or future. That one. I like that one. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Another man said they need to be a Christian. One said communication. And then I'll share with you my husband's response. (laughs) Very blunt, just like him. He's yeah. Very to the point. Uh, He said no bull crap and no playing stupid games. And I'm sorry if that's a little (laughs) harsh, but it's true. A little hard. And y'all, I'm going to tell you something funny. So I was always like trained that you're supposed to play hard to get. Do we already talk about this? We didn't already talk about this, did we? No, we haven't, but we will. So go ahead. I was always trained growing up that you're supposed to play hard to get, right? And so me and my husband, we went on our first date. It went so great. We like stayed up out on this patio talking to like 1 a.m. And then he took me home. And then like the next day he texted me and we were, or we were talking and he was like, you know, yeah, like blah, blah, blah. We can do that next time we see each other or next time we hang out. And so I being so good at playing hard to get respond and say, Hmm, so does that mean that you think you're going to get to see me again or something along those lines? And he literally responded, y'all, he was not for it at all. He was like, wait, like, unless you don't want to, like he did not, I expected him to respond and be like, yeah, like, you know, and like play back into it. He was not, he was like, unless you don't want to, but yeah, I'd like to see you again. Yeah. (laughs) And so at that point I was like, I was shocked, but I was also like, wow, like, okay, cool. I don't have to play hard to get like, and from that moment, there were no games. There was no, like me ever questioning if he wanted to see me, him questioning if I wanted to see him. We, it was a mutual care and mutual reaching out to each other, mutual effort being put in. Praise God. And that's actually one of our other questions we asked was what is something that is unattractive to you that a woman might find attractive? And several of the guys said playing hard to get flirting for fun. Like I think men who are really seeking to find a wife, like they're also not trying to play games. And this is something I think will help you make and have that discernment when you are dating. Are they playing games with you? Are they all in and then all out? Are they acting like they're all for you? And then all of a sudden they've ghosted you like really think about, you know, the men that you're talking to, because a man looking for a wife, like they said, some of the things that they find unattractive is playing hard to get flirting for fun. Another one said, thinking a girl has to look perfect and put all together to impress a guy, the right person will love you for who you really are. And the one below that actually said pretty much the same thing. It says some women think tons of makeup, do it for guys. For me, I'd rather have the dress down version, t-shirt sweats, no makeup, that kind of thing. However, I'm understanding that some women love to get dolled up and I completely respect that, but will never expect it from my wife. I think it just remind, reminds us that like, I don't think men really care about how dolled no. up we are. Some even like just us being comfy and just ourselves. Yeah. You know what? Because they also want to be able to feel like themselves. Yep. And if you aren't, if you're putting on some sort of a front, they're going to feel like they have to too. They'd rather see that you're being yourself and that you're comfortable so they can also be themselves and be comfortable. Yep. Because we're all human. Nobody's perfect. Yep. Um, yeah. Something else that they said that is unattractive is jealousy. Women openly admiring other men, ladies, can we just talk Hmm. about that? Like, I think that a lot of times we think, Oh, if I point out, you know, this, that this guy does, and maybe he'll start to do that too. That just, that just hurts the guy. It doesn't make them want to change. It doesn't make them want to be that way. It just makes them irritated or hurt. So, and then another one was people pleasing. He said, the way you are and the way you act 
or think is unique for a reason. Changing those things to fit in with a person or crowd or society is unattractive to me. Be Mm. proud of who you are. That's Mm. good. So, and then (laughs) this is hilarious. He said, number one, he says something that's unattractive. A woman is hungry, but afraid to eat in front of a man. Scarf it down, girl. (laughs) Girl. Any of my friends will know exactly who that guy is. Um, uh, I also was just reading through. We put a little side note where it was like, if there's any last things that you want to add to the good qualities that you want your wife to have. This one was really good. And it said, must be on the same page with your spouse when it comes to faith, morals, raising children. These are all conversations that should be had before you get too far in a relationship. Also, it needs to be understood that you will more than likely be the complete opposite of your spouse and how you react to what life throws at you. It is designed this way so that you can balance out each other's weaknesses. I thought that was a really, a really good insight on that. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, a quality I think is really cool and a potential wife is confidence. Someone who's confident in their individuality, despite the crowd, is someone who I can trust and keep it real with me no matter what. That's a good one. So, yeah. And then I also just want to add several different men said that it was important to them that their woman um, cared about her personal health um, and that she chose to take care of herself. So um, that's not super spiritual, um, but I know that that is something that that is important to a lot of men. So it's something to take note of. I mean, I feel like that's something that I want in my spouse too, like as my future. And like, I think it's nice to know that someone's going to take care of themselves because I think that takes the pressure off of, I'm going to have to take care of them. Like you want someone who is going to be so committed to their goals, committed to themselves, committed to their health and making sure that they're being the best version of themselves so that they can be a better version to you. Yep. Absolutely. Let's end it on this one because I think this is the sweetest answer I've ever read. This like gave me hope. It said, this one's different. So stay with me. I had to be able to dance with her with my eyes closed on any dance floor. When you dance with someone, one leads and one follows, but both have to watch out for each other so they don't bump into someone or something. If you are dancing and I'm able to close my eyes and fully trust that you got me, that seals the deal. I've never been able to do that until I found, he said his wife's name. Dancing in a Hispanic Latin culture is like lovemaking. Everyone can do it, but there's one person that will completely change the experience for you. (sighs) Precious. Okay. So I hope this gives you guys just something to think about. Like there are godly men out there. There are men or there are Christian men out there that are seeking women that have the qualities that you have. I think that is the biggest thing that we want to get across is that the dating scene is not completely, you know, broken. Like there are men out there looking for good qualities, looking for a wife, looking to have a serious relationship, looking to care for you. And it's fun reading that questionnaire and just seeing like there are men out there that that do care and want those same things. Yeah. Okay. So for your soul assignment this week, what we would like for you to do to apply this to your life is number one, write down what are the qualities that you are looking for in a man. Okay. Talk to God about those. Ask yourself, are these good qualities that I need in a husband? Number two, write down and journal your answer to the question. Am I the person I'm looking for is looking for, you know, a lot of times we expect these qualities in, in our mate, Mm -hmm. but are, do we, do we have those qualities ourselves? Yeah. And then the third question we want you to write down the answer to is, are you making certain qualities a priority that don't really need to be a 
a, a priority mm-hmm. in a future husband or someone that you want to date. Yep. And just kind of journal all those thoughts out. So I'll say the, I'll say the questions one more time in case you want to write them down or jot them in your notes in your phone. Number one, what are the true qualities you're looking for in your husband? Number two, do you feel that you are being the person you're looking for is looking for? And number three, am I making any qualities a priority that don't really matter? Whenever I was going, I, when I was in a counseling session, she had me write out, what are my like non-negotiables in a man? Like that doesn't mean six feet tall, green eyes, blue eyes, <laughs> like all that stuff. That stuff does not matter. Like that's not going to be what you care about when your baby's crying at 2 a.m. And you need someone to, to be a, a partner with you in the hard times, right? So write out like, what are the things that you need, you know, in a husband for that, for you guys to build a life together? What are those non-negotiables? And then what are just your simple ones? Like, what are your little things that like, if it is a six foot tall or green eyes or blue, like write all that stuff down. It's okay to have, but just know, like, if you did not get those in a man, like that's not the deal breaker. I still think it's fine to write out those little things, but really those qualities that matter are going to be those non-negotiables. And that is what you should be putting on your checklist. Before we get into our prayer, I just wanted to tease you guys with next week. We are going to be diving into marriage and what marriage looks like and what God intends for marriage and you know the ups and downs of marriage. And so if you're in a marriage right now, it will be so, so good to tune into. But also if you are a woman that is dating and you're excited about marriage and want to prepare yourself for marriage and be on the right foot whenever you do get married, that will be also an episode that you guys will want to tune into. So get excited for that one next week. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to close this out in prayer and we hope you join us next week. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up the woman who is under the sound of my voice right now as she's listening to this podcast. Father, I pray in Jesus name that you will be with her in her dating season, that you will give her so much discernment, that she will seek you for discernment and for wisdom, Lord, in this season, that she will ask you to send her red flags whenever she needs them, that you will give her those red flags so that she is protected and so that she does not make a mistake. Remove any anxiousness or nerves she may feel about dating and replace it with complete peace and just complete understanding of who she is in you and continue helping her to seek you out and seek your word and what your word says about dating, Lord. We shared some things today that we believe are helpful, but really when you're going to do the real soul work inside of her is when she has her Bible open and when she's spending time in prayer with you. So continue to mold her, continue to make her to the woman that you want her to be to date the the man or the men at different times in her life that you'll have come into her life and ultimately uh, make her into the woman that she needs to be for the kingdom, number one, and to do your work, but secondly, for her future husband, if that's something that you have in store for her. Thank you for building her up, for giving her strength in this season, for helping her not to be discouraged, but to be encouraged and to see every dating opportunity as just that, as an opportunity to get closer to you ultimately, as she has to reach out to you for strength and for help, but then also, you know, just closer to to meeting the right man that you would want her to marry Lord, but help her, help her to not find her worth in dating or in who she's in, mm-hmm. in a relationship with, but to ultimately find her worth and her value in you alone in yes. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us. We want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with Him. 
It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.